This is a Federal News Network podcast. For Defense Department Chief Information Officer Dana Deasy, digital transformation has always been about more than cloud computing. This is why the Air Force's DevSecOps program, known as Platform One, making it a DOD-wide enterprise service, that's an important milestone. Executive Editor Jason Miller joins me to discuss why Platform One will make it easier for the military services and defense agencies to modernize their applications. Jason, let's start with what is Platform One and why is DC so excited about it? Well, Platform One is really a series of DevSecOps, a very common buzzword we hear all the time in the federal community these days. One of my favorites. It is a good one. A series of tools, contracts, and services that the Air Force, along with DISA, the DOD, CIO, and others, really oversees and manages. Now, the Air Force has 45 programs, at least, and big ones like the F-35 fighter and the ground-based strategic deterrent teams using this DevSecOps approach. Now, DOD CIO Dana Deasy says the success of Platform One is really helping remove some of those what he calls non-technical obstacles to delivering capabilities more rapidly. My office recently designated one of the most mature DevSecOps platforms within the department, the Air Force Platform One, as an enterprise service, which has effect of making this capability broadly available across the DoD. That designation also links directly into the software acquisition policy released by ANS that encourages both the use of DevSecOps and adoption of existing enterprise services. Now, this memo that DOD CIO Dana Deasy is referring to there is from January, and the policy lays out 17 considerations when buying and developing software. Tom, we have that linked up on federalnewsnetwork.com for anyone to find and read all 19 pages of that memo. All right, and what does all this mean for the other military services and the rest of the Defense Department and I suppose even civilian agencies? Well, several services and defense agencies and, and even some civilian agencies already are using Platform One. But by making it an enterprise service, DOD is really giving Platform One that quote-unquote seal of approval above and beyond just saying to agencies, hey, it's there and they can use it. If you really dig under the covers, what was really important in that announcement was Air Force truly has matured this vision that I have been an advocate for for a long, long time around DevSecOps. They've done a lot of work in the entire software development process and various tools and techniques that we are advocating as part of our agile workforce. And so when we announced Air Force One, though I think people picked up on the word the cloud, what the big message there was, we actually for the first time had designated a cloud across DOD that could be used for a common way of doing DevSecOps. Dana Deasy, the DOD CIO, says the work includes more than just setting up contracts and telling agencies to use them, which they have done, by the way. There are 55 vendors with what they call basic ordering agreements, and the Air Force actually adds, wants to add another 25 vendors in the coming months. They recently issued a solicitation to add more vendors. We have a link to that solicitation as well on federalnewsnetwork.com. Now, DZ says Platform One gives users several tools, again, to help remove those obstacles to use to using the DevSecOps processes. DOD says it has a goal of training 100,000 servicemen and women and civilians on these DevSecOps processes. And so making the approach easier is part of this larger effort. There's these things called code blueprints. In my prior life, we used to refer to them as design templates. The power of DevSecOps, the real power, is getting developers out of the world of creating everything as original code. 
but taking the most common reuse code elements, putting them into what we're calling these code blueprints, and then allowing them for reuse. So when you think about when we say we're training 100,000 people or whatever, what we're really doing is just saying, hey, we've got to give them a reference architecture. We've got to figure out how to bring in the defense industrial base into this. And we've got to then have these predefined blueprints available for them. And then the last thing we're working on is if you can create all that, we also want to try to solve once and for all this idea of ongoing global directory or the identity that you carry when you sign in and use an application. The goal here, Dana Deasy says, is for developers to include that global identity authentication service and truly create a single sign-on. Tom, this is something you and I have been covering and listening to for probably about 20 years of let's get to single sign-on. And I think what Deasy is talking about here is by giving developers these tools, they can have a standard way to address global identity authentication, thus getting a single sign-on. Now, DZ says all of these are really what he calls prerequisites to make training easier on DevSecOps. Well, that's right, because if you can have single sign-on, you can help more easily make sure everyone only has one identity, and that's part of the big whole issue of cybersecurity. And creates and creates the zero trust framework that we all keep also talking about. Another buzzword, by the way, if we're playing bingo. Well, if we're going to have trust, might as well have zero of it. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. DC gave a wide-ranging press conference, it sounds like, with decent sound for once. Did he mention the four-letter word Jedi? Well, I, I asked him about it. How about that? I'm not sure he was, probably would have mentioned it on his own accord. And just to be clear, there's not a lot new he could say because it's still in some sort of corrective action, bid protest uh, world. But he did set some expectations for the next steps with Jedi. The uh, judge put a, a stay, asked us to go back and specifically look at um, a section of the RFP solicitation. We committed to turn that around and have that out, allow each of the two respondents then to respond back. Our goal is to finish the evaluation of those responses in August, which was always our plan. And so we are still on schedule to, I guess you could say, do a reannouncement of our intentions to award probably sometimes towards the very end of August, barring any last minute unforeseen additional uh, issues that are raised. So, Tom, that means sometime later this month, we'll know more about this massive and controversial cloud computing contract known as JEDI. And he was pretty careful in the way he couched all of that. Lots of pauses in that statement. So I think it's a sensitive issue. And Jason, DOD has also been successful with telework like so many agencies during this pandemic. Did he have anything to say about that and whether they'll continue with it, at least for civilians once uh, the pandemic, if it ever passes? It definitely seems like DOD will continue with it. They're seeing a ton of success and a ton of lessons learned. We know that uh, DOD launched this thing called the CVR, which is it provides voice video chat on an unclassified network. Uh, DZ says more than a million users are currently taking advantage of CVR. Now that, as I said, is an unclassified version. But now DZ saying, okay, how do we move it to a classified version? What can we do for, for people who have to live in the classified world? 
are there robust enough capabilities to create a secure collaboration but not lose any of what he called the goodness of allowing people to work off network from home on new types of devices so he says how do how do we transition to that classified world but but continue to have both the flexibility but also the security rigor he said there's a lot of pilots going on around what they call IL-5, which is really the security of the classified world. And he goes, by the end of the year, we want to have a way forward based on those pilots of how to really create that secure collaboration, secure uh, ability of people to work, again, remotely, but in, a, in a, at least somewhat a classified world. The other thing he brought up, which I think is really important, Tom, is data. DOD recently named a new chief data officer. And, and that person is going around on a 90-day listening tour, talking to senior leaders, warfighters, combatant commands, industry, academia. And by the end of that 90 days, they'll have a written plan of action of how to prioritize, how to deal with governance, and how to really take advantage of all the data that DOD takes in every single day. And just getting back to the telework for a moment, as they try to develop this kind of secure framework that people can work remotely is there also, do you sense, the cultural agreement that, yeah, it's okay for people to work remote in large numbers? Like with a lot of agencies, I think DOD was surprised by how much work they could get done. I've attended several different events over the last couple of weeks, and, and this topic has come up in the sense of, well, we thought that all this had to be done in the classified world. And then when we looked at it, we realized, hey, a lot of this work can be done in the unclassified world. And we quickly moved into the unclassified world to, so people could work remotely. I mean, things like, Tom, like administrative back office work, like HR, hiring, e even some financial management was always done for certain agencies on, on the classified side because that's the way it was always done. Somebody somewhere decided this is where I'll do it. And when the pandemic hit and they said, okay, well, we have to get this work done still. How do we do it? Somebody, again, took a look at it and said, well, we can move it to the unclassified world, so let's do that. And I think that's what DOD is learning. That's what a lot of places like Homeland Security Department, Justice Department, a lot of these agencies that do live in the classified world for a, a major part of their work have said, we can continue this along. And I think that realization is why, for instance, you yep. hear in Data and DZ talk about, okay, how do we take this collaboration tool that we have so successfully done in the unclassified world and, and take advantage of it in the classified world. Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.